Well, welcome again. <sighs> that's good. Like we can, that's good. Dang, that's good. Um, that's not good, but that was good. Um, if you have your Bibles, grab that. John, John chapter 3 is where we're going to be. John chapter, John chapter 3. Uh, man, I, I am excited, excited, excited uh, to celebrate Easter uh, this morning with, with family. And, um, and, and I'm just, man, I'm, I'm excited in all that God's already accomplished uh, in this place. Um, what he has done this weekend, what he has done this morning, and um, and so we just, um, man, this 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 moment, this time, we we've just been building up to this to today, uh, starting about about three weeks ago, um, and so as I kind of kicked off a little like a little mini series leading into to Easter, um, it was entitled Living Hope. You can see there on the screens, uh, uh, Living Hope, and I was all excited and. Just really felt like God and me were kind of on the same page doing some stuff and um, as as we're working through and and going through that and um, the first week kind of really just uh, hit on like sin and the reason why our world's like it is and and this little this little canvas it's not a little canvas but this canvas was up here and said do not touch and just kind of reminded me of like how things were perfect and good as it was just clean and, and and no blemish nothing on it and then um, they, like that y'all like y'all need to be careful about this church because there was people in here that had a sign that said do not touch and you know what people did. Touched it, touched it, which is a great illustration, especially if you're talking about like the tree and sin and how sin enters the world and there's sinners in this room. I'm not going to point out any of them, Austin, your youth pastor. Anyways, but um, I would never call people out from stage. But um, so I thought, well, if they touched it, then I might as well touch it, right? I mean, those touchers are going to touch. I'm going to be a toucher. So I touched it and I really touched it and I tried to, like, like, tried to cover it up and I couldn't. And so then I get paper and I'm just like, man... This thing is, I don't know if we can fix that, because uh, I just don't know if we can, and so I was just, so tried to illustrate that, and, um, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this thing around for a minute, because I think that there's some, something that can come from this mess that I have made, and we'll just see what can happen with that, um, but... So, so it was going to be great, like today, it was, it's, today's still going to be awesome, but it was going to be so, like, just, it was going to flow and just be, and then... Um, I don't know what your relationship with God's like, but, but, but let me just kind of share what mine's like. And so uh, I thought God and I were on the same page heading in a direction. And um, y'all, like God, Friday at 9 o'clock. Like we didn't have like all week to like get ready for this thing, right? God, come on now. You know it's coming. I did. I've been asking you to help me out. And so, um, so Friday at like 9 o'clock, I come in to like finish final prep, sermon prep, things like that. And as I'm sitting there, um, he's like, all right, let's do this instead. And I said, do what? Let's do what instead? He's like, Let, let's, get off the, um, let's get off the off-ramp here for just a moment, Scott. Um, I said, but God, you don't understand, like, there's pictures that we've made for, for, for the series. And there's uh, like living hope is like the, the theme. And we're building up to that. And I've referenced that over the last few weeks. And, um, and it's just going to be awesome. And it's going to be living hope, God. That's where it's at. And he's like, Scott, you're right. You're right. He's like, but, but I want to go somewhere else. Um, and again, I don't know how you talk to God. And I know he's creator. I know that he is all-knowing. I know that he, I mean, he, he, yeah. And so I'm like, and, and I just want to make sure that he knows what he's doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, uh, I, 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 I got to know all, but you might need to check yourself. I'm just being real, right? I mean, like, I've got some good notes here. 
Like, like 1 Peter chapter 1, there's like this really good little phrase in there talking about him being our living hope and talking about the resur- resurrection. Man, it was going to be like just, it was there. It was everything that I could have. I mean, like this is the high fastball for Easter, y'all. And, and he's like, Scott, you never could hit a fastball. Oh, got all the comebacks, don't you, God? So, um, so we argued a bit, and he always wins when we argue. Um, like, I can debate that well with God. And so um, so worked me over, and I said, let's, let's do it. God, I'm just going to trust you as I should, right? I mean, preacher saying, if you're not trusting God, that would not be good. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust you. We're, we're going to do this. And, and I, he's changed the directions this morning. And so um, I just really feel like this is, this is where he wants to go. And, and, and you'll, you'll see here in a minute when we get into our scripture. I'm like, but God, that scripture? I mean, that script, he's like, yes, that script. I said, okay, right, you, you God, I'm not, let's do this thing. And so this morning, this is what we're going to do. I just, I want to look and dive into this truth, this reality that, that God really loves us, that, that, that God really loves us. That, that's it. And I know it's so much more than, than that's just it, but that, that's, where, that's where I want us to get to this morning. This is going to be uh, the driving force behind everything that we're going to look at and, and talk about. Uh, this morning. So I think for it to be fitting, so, because I want you to walk away remembering this. So can, can you guys change these screens a little bit? And I think I can, I think I got something right here that'll help us and just show God what he's doing. And I'll just, so we'll just um, do this for a second. And, and there's actually, because that bulletin, you can discard that bulletin. I think we've got some uh, new, uh, like, like covers for, or you can take that bulletin home, but like, like stick these on the front, like, like printing budget's low this month. So I've, I've already uh, ex- expanded that or, or went over that. So I think there's some guys in here with like the, the uh, cards for this morning. Um, that, there they come. Awesome. If you guys could just pass those out so everybody will remember and we can uh, do this thing right because it's Easter and you've got to do it right. And so, there we go. God, okay. Um, so as they're passing, you can grab it, you can just have it. And like, so when you get home, like, like, like you can glue it or uh, uh, tape it and just stick it on your refrigerator. It'll be an awesome memento of what uh, God wants to say and do this morning. And so, uh, again, that, that, that's, that's where we're going to head. That's where, we're, that's where we're going this morning. And as they are uh, passing uh, these reminders of what, um, uh, what we're going to be talking about and, and looking at, um, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to pray for us this morning. I'm, I'm going to pray for us this morning uh, as they're doing it. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Jesus, we just thank you so much for your mercy, for your grace. God, for this opportunity to gather in this place. God, for the simplistic truth that, that I believe that you want to share with us. God, I just, I just pray. God, I pray the way that, that you move and work in this place this morning. God, that you would change lives for all eternity. God, that you would work like only you can. Jesus, we need you desperately. Whatever you need to do in this place, in me and us, have your way. Shall we pray? Amen. Amen. And so I don't know why. I don't know why God really loves us. I don't know why that just struck a chord with me this week and just uh, really just, just hit me hard. But, um, but maybe, just maybe this morning, you, you need to hear that. Maybe just maybe this morning, if, if, if you're in this place and I don't know what your week looked like, your month looked like, your last year has looked, but maybe, uh, maybe this morning, the simple statement that, that, that God really loves you is, is exactly what you need to hear, is exactly what needs to be, to be said. And I just, I love that part about really loves us. Not just like, uh, okay, yeah, I love, but I really, really love you. And so as simplistic of a thought that that is, the implications behind it are huge, are they not? 
The implications and the weight behind it are so huge. And I just don't know if we understand that. I mean, heck, I don't know if I fully understand and grasp that. I don't know if I fully get the meaning of that statement. And one of the things that breaks my heart is that love has become like this junk drawer word. Um, let, let, me, let, me, let me try to illustrate. So I've, I've got three boys, um, and my, my middle guy, my, my, my middle man, has uh, taken over in our uh, living room uh, the coffee table, because in the coffee table there is this drawer about, about this wide, this deep, and this long. And, and he has taken over, and it has become his junk drawer. And, and like he's proud of the junk drawer. Like he tells people of his junk drawer. And so he just, he puts stuff in his junk drawer. And, and, and hear me, like, like he doesn't forget what's in the junk drawer. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I mean trinkets and just trash stuff, good stuff. And, and all that, I mean, he just loves it. And he knows. And it's, it's just, he's, I was going to say he's border hoarder. No, he's a hoarder. Like, 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 like y'all, y'all need to pray now because there's going to be, he's going to be on that show. And so we need to pray that God brings him out of it. But that, that's where he stores these trinkets and this stuff. That's where he puts it. And if it's not big enough to go in there, well, then he'll get a screwdriver and stuff. He'll start taking it apart, which makes more junk to go in the junk drawer. And my fear is, I believe, that that's what we have done. I fear that's what's happened with the word love, is we've just kind of crammed it here and there, and we've just made it a part of our vocabulary, and we pull it out, and we just use it however, wherever. And so for us in our day, I believe that love has lost its meaning. That it's just kind of blended in and just kind of become part of the junk drawer words that we just use and, and we lose the weight and the meaning of it. Let me, let me try to illustrate. So, so I'll, say, I'll say things like this. Like this past week, it was taco night in the Miller home. And you know who loves tacos? This guy right here. Who's, who's my taco lovers in the place? Yes, praise God. Hallelujah. That's right. Love tacos, right? Taco night. Love ta- I love tacos. You know what else I love? I love golf. Not very good at it, but I love it. I give it a shot, I try, but I love golf. I love being out there, hitting the ball, trying to find it in the woods. I'm a great hide-and-go-seek kind of guy, so I just, I love, love golf. You, you know what else I love? I love a cool fall evening. Ah, oh, man, whenever that time comes around. I'm from the mountains of West Virginia, and when it kind of gets cool like that, and it just, ah, oh, the leaves start. I love, I love evenings like that. You know what else I love? I love no-show socks. Like, I love, like, like the little ankle socks, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm wearing them this morning. Like, I just, I love... I just I love the way that they fit, and I'm also kind of like a, I love a kind of like a half like calf kind of guy too that you can scrunch them down and like I just feel like that looks cool. I don't know why. At 38, it doesn't. I know, but I try. But but I just but I but I do. I I love I love no show socks. You know what else I love? I love my wife. I do. Like I love my kids. I love my wife. Now, now my question for us is this: Does the way that I use the word love there in all of those statements are they really the same way? Do they really have the same meaning and the same kind of uh, uh, power behind them? Because the truth is this, they better not. Because if I love my wife the way that I love my no-show socks, which I don't know, that might do something for her now that she knows. Uh, but you know, like, it, like, like if they are, or if I love my wife the way that I love tacos, like, like if, if they're on the same playing field, like I'm spending a few nights with somebody in this room. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm coming home with somebody, so don't run off too quick. And so, so if those are the same, if those are the same, then there's an issue. 
I mean, so I can understand, I can understand, I can get where there would be some doubt and some confusion and maybe even hard to believe or grasp whenever I make that statement that God really does love us, that he really, really does love us. And hear me, there's not, there's not times in my life, there's not times that, 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 that I'm, I'm not saying that there's not moments where I'm like, God, are, are you sure though? Like, I'm, let's be honest for a moment. Like, I don't, there, there's times and there's things and there's stuff that I see and that I go through that I'm like, God, are you sure? I, I just, I don't know. Like, I, and I know, I know what the scriptures say, and I know what this, I, I, I know, but, but I'm just, I don't know. In this moment, I'm just feeling, I don't, I, don't, I just, I don't know. It's tough, or it's difficult, or it seems like. And, and so, the love that I'm talking about this morning is this. It's not the taco or sock kind of defined as a vocabulary act there that gives freely. That's what I'm talking about. The love that gives freely and spontaneously for the benefit of another, even if the recipient is not worth that such act of love. That's the kind of love I'm talking about. And what I know and what I have seen, even in my feelings when my feelings are off, is that it is true that God does really love me. And even when I don't feel that, he's still working and doing. And it takes time for me to finally get to a place, land at a place where I get to see that through a different lens from time to time. But I'm reminded, and I think days like today reminds us of his love for us. And so John 3.16, that's where we're going to be this morning. John 3.16, a verse that probably many know in this room. This is what it says. John 3.16 says this. It says, for God. God is the one uh, that's going to give love here. God, God is the one that's going to show love. God is the, God is the, uh, the, the originator. God is love. God, God is doing this act. So it's for God. So love. There it is. It says it. It defines what God's like. God is, is loving. And the word here in the scriptures is agape. And so it's, it's, it's impossible to fully articulate or to get or to understand or, or to define uh, what kind of love that this is that he's talking about here. It's just so difficult for us to get it. And so this is God's voluntary love that, that he on his own free and, and uh, uninfluenced choice gives. He, he, he's freely giving. He's, he, he, um, he's not influenced by us. It's not because of something in us that he's going to give this love or show this love or, or extend this love. And so this kind of love, what it does is it gives spontaneously. It gives, it gives freely for the benefit of another, even if that person that's the recipient of love isn't worthy of such love. That's the kind of love that God's talking about here. And I believe that kind of love is foreign to us. That kind of love is hard to understand and grasp because our culture has, has hijacked that word. Our culture has hijacked the meaning of what, what it really is, what it really means. Because our world defines love as what? As, as what can you do for me? What, what kind of benefit is it for me? What can I get out of it? What can I receive from it? If I give you love, what, I'm only going to do it so much as so as I get something in return from it. That's how we define love. That's how we look at love. That's, that's how we, uh, we extend love. What can you do for me? What can I benefit from it? And so love in our world, love in our culture is very, very selfish, is it not? It's very, very me-driven, me-centered. But, but when God uses this word here, he uses it in the original language, it's agape. And the word for love here is that, that Jesus is talking about, it carries with it an act of commitment in all things regardless. An act of commitment in, in all things regardless. And this type of love is one that is willing to lay down life for the betterment of another. 
I mean, how many people define in love that way? You mean it's not going to do a thing for me? No, 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 no. It doesn't matter what I get out of it. It doesn't matter what I receive in return. It's all about giving. It's all about the betterment of the other. That's the kind of love that God's talking here. For God so loved. That's the kind of love that God's extending. That's the kind of action that God's taking. And so what this tells us about the heart and nature and character of God is that he's a lover. That God is a lover. He is one that intentionally extends and offers his love. That's what God does. And so who does he extend his love to? The verse continues on. It says, for God so loved what? The world. The world. The world here just simply means this. It's mankind. It's fallen man. It's sinful man. It's wicked man. It's rebellious man. And what we learned a few weeks ago was this. In the garden when Adam sinned, we all enter into this world as sinful and wicked. We are the world that God's extending love, trying to show love to. So, so let's, let's try to get our minds around this for a second. Let's try to understand this at, at a deeper, deeper level. So God, the creator of all, knower of all, is going to move toward with this crazy action of love all in regardless of what he gets out of it. And he's going to move toward who? Fallen mankind, this world. With the reality that there will be those that don't extend that love back to him, don't receive that love, don't care for that love, does nothing for that love. And God gets nothing out of it. Like, like God doesn't need to do that. Like, God doesn't need us. That's the thing that, I mean, he, he, he gets nothing out of it. I mean, if anything, he gets the, the janky end of the deal, doesn't he? I mean, he, I mean, I don't know about you, but I know me. And like, he, he gets me. That's what his love gets is me. Even in those times that I don't love him, even in those times that I don't respond in the right way. I mean, you try to get your mind around that for a moment. I, said, I, I know me. I, I don't know you in this room, but I know me, and I know the tendencies in the room, and I know what Scripture says of us in this room. But, but let's, let's pick on me for a second, because I, I know my hang-ups. I know my shortcomings. I, I know my sin struggles, and yes, I've got plenty of sin struggles. I know my sin struggles. And, and what we tend to do is, is focus on the external Hey, look at what they did. Hey, look at what they said. Look at what he said. Look at how he acted. Look at how he reacted. Look, look, at, the, look at the outward appearance of what he's doing. And hear me, I believe there needs to be evidence of, in the life of, of one where their actions show an overwhelmingly uh, uh, a reality that points to the fact that they've been made alive. Yes, that needs to be there. And it needs to be there more so than not more so if we claim to be a follower of Jesus. But I know me. And he's still in knowing me. And he knows me better than I know me. And still in that. And he knew me in time past. He knows me currently. And he'll know me in time present. He is where and he is there. And he is fully, fully comprehending my rebellion even in the moments. And in that he still extends love. And so the way I like to say it, I don't know, I don't know where you're at this morning. But the way I like to say it is this, is that we're not perfect, but we're in process. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like we're not perfect, but we're in process. And, and I don't know why, but I just feel like I need to say this. I, I don't know where you're at this morning, but you don't have to have it all together. 
You don't have to have it all licked. Like You don't have to have it uh, all, all figured out. You don't have to have it all uh, perfect, nice, and neat. Because we're in process. God is doing a work. And this love which by he extends is a love that invites in. And as that love invites in, it starts to work us over, shape us, mold us, uh, brings up those areas that we need to work on, the things that we need to do by way of conviction. And, and so there's struggle in this room. There's struggle in this church. And, and the way that I know that is because I'm the dang pastor of the church and, and I struggle. I, 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 I struggle to, to be fully obedient in certain areas of my life. I struggle to, uh, to walk out every, every aspect of obedience like I should. I struggle. And, and what I know from the scriptures is that we all do. That the ground is level at the foot of the cross. It's level at the foot of the cross. We're all in process, not perfect. And what that should do for us is it should be a welcoming invite to come on in, brother and sister. You don't have to get gussied up. That's a West Virginia country term, which means it's all pretty and nice stuff, like put lipstick on and all that. You don't have to do that stuff. You, you, you can come just as you are, is what the church likes to say. Nast, filth, all that stuff. Yes, sinful. We, he wants it all. Because we can't, we can't change or do. Only he can. Only he can do that. So he invites us in. I, I, I don't know if you feel this or know this, but the reality and the truth is, is that we're just not the lovable type. You know? Like none of us. Like, I'm not talking about like your, your, spiritual, your love language. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about like just, just you being you. You're, you're not lovable. I'm not lovable. But, but the one that is lovable, what he love and as he extends love now we accept and receive and we walk in that and that changes us and that shapes us we're not perfect but we're in process and he knows that and he still comes and he still wants and he still extends and so the perfection doesn't happen this side of eternity and see, I, I used to think in my mind, like when I get older, I like kind of get over some of these like little humps and some of these like little struggles and some of these like little things that happen. And I'm like, man, when I get older, when I get like, uh, when I get married, or when I have kids, or when I get, when I get there, I get, <sighs> I don't. What hadn't yet for me? And the people that I talk with that are way more mature than I am and further along than I am say the same thing. And I think the thing that just blows my mind and I can't get over and can't get around is that Knowing that truth about me, he still comes for me and wants me. He still extends this love. He, he still comes for and shows. He still does that. So that's, that's the external. The, the, the other part to sin and wickedness and worldliness is the internal. Like, so I, I don't know about, I, I try to be good on the outside, but man, sometimes that inside can get just, man, I can get bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it could just be really, really bad. So my, my sinfulness isn't always seen by others. It can be kept to myself. It can be hidden from. And I would argue that that's probably more dangerous than the external. At least whenever I'm acting like a fool in my sin and disobedience, I can be called on it. But the internal, that's where it's dangerous because I think I can like fool people. I think I can get, I can get by with it. I think that I can trick. I think that I can uh, 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 kind of get around it and even kind of like pull the wool over God's eyes from time to time. And I can kind of uh, uh, be sneaky about it. And that's dangerous. That's the dangerous place where, where sin likes to kind of just creep into these little corners and kind of hang out and kind of do some, do some damage there. So, so not all sin is external. Some is, or not, yeah, external. Some is internal as well. And that's where we've got to be careful. That's where we need to pull that to the light. And, and even in that, God still loves and comes after. 
knowing what we'll think, knowing what we'll say when no one else is around, knowing how we'll react when we're by ourselves. And, and so what God tells us in the Scripture is this, is that, is that we're, we're in one of two places. Either we're of the world, which would mean that we're lost, and we need to recognize and understand and accept and believe in that love, or we are a child of God and we've accepted and walked in that love. And we've seen ourselves in this position, in this place. So, so what this scripture teaches is that God, the creator of it all, the sustainer of it all, so loved us, the world, that what? what this love does something. Look, look at what this, this love gives. This love gives. For God so loved the world that he, that he gave. And I don't know if you ever like feel this tug and man, I pray that you feel this tug, talking about sin, talking about worldliness, thinking about that. I, I know just, just for me, knowing me, knowing my past condition as one of the world, and even my current as a redeemed child of God, there, there's still this awareness. There's still this awareness that, 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 is, that is available and that is there and that God lets me see as one not worthy of being rescued and saved from what is rightfully deserved for being of the world. And I feel that too. I maybe even in this moment as we talk about this, that God reveals that, that God shows that, that God makes that alive and aware in you. And hear me, this thought is right because I nor any of us in this room nor any watching online. None of us deserves anything other than the judgment and wrath of God. None of us. But God the Creator, because He is love, and because He cares for His creation, because of who he is, he gives. And so God really loves us. And the way that I know that is because this love is what? It's followed by an action. This love of God is followed by an action. So God just doesn't say it, but he does something with it to follow it up. You know what I'm talking about? Like, we're in the South, right? Like, we get Southern folk, and we in the, we in the South. And so, um, and usually whenever you reference it like that, it's because um, we're really going to do something that's not nice and cute and Southern-like. Like, so we'll say, oh, we just, we just get Southern folk, or we in the South. And, 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 and so really what I want to do is I want to kind of debunk that a little bit, and I kind of want to pull back the curtain, and, and I, I want to um, I, I I tear that down for a moment, because being in the South means nothing as it pertains to Godness, Right? Uh, you get that? You know that? Like, just, just because we're, we're Southern folk and we, uh, we're sweet and we're nice, uh, at least to, your, to, to the front of you, um, and we've got this funny little twang as we talk and uh, the way that we say things, um, uh, but if, if, if our uh, Southerness and our, our, our reality of who we are is not followed by certain actions, then it's worthless as it pertains to love. And so, so we're in the church, and for far, far church, far, far too long, We've said one thing with our mouth and lived something contrary with our life. And I don't care if we're in the South. I don't care if we're in the church. I don't, if, if our life does not match up to what we say, it's of no use. So when we say we love and we don't move toward, when we say the sweet things and it's not followed by selfless acts that accompany that claim, then the reality is we don't then the hard truth that we've got to digest is, is that, okay, maybe we're, we're not as much as what we thought we were. Maybe we're not as much as we thought we should be. 
And what we see in the scripture is that if you've ever wondered if God really, really loves you, it's, it's yes, why? Because it's followed with an action, and it's followed with a, with a crazy action. It's followed with an action that makes absolutely no sense. It's followed with an action that, 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 that should blow our minds. It's followed by an action that, that should draw us in, that should get a response out of us. Because as I said, we're not lovable people. We're not even good people. We're not even nice people. We are wicked people that, that was born into this place as part of the world. And so when we say we love toward, we're not really loving. We're not really loving. And I think one of the ways that we that can really, if we want to just have a litmus test for a moment to, to figure out whether or not we really are church folk on an Easter Sunday, if we really do love the world like God's called us to, if we really do care for and show that, let me, let me ask us this question. Who have you shared the gospel with this week? Not invited to church, but really told about that great love of which you've experienced. Because what I've learned is that when you experience that and you see yourself in light of who you are, you want to tell as many people as possible. You want to let as many people know about that truth that you've experienced and you've seen and you've walked in as possible. But like we're sitting at the table Friday, it's taco night. We're sitting at the table Friday, and, and, and Brody, my oldest, he's sitting there, and as he's sitting there, um, uh, he, he says, Dad, i got to tell you something. i got to tell you something. I said, what's that, buddy? Because, I mean, we're trying to teach, we're trying to model, we're trying to show, and, and we're talking about this stuff, and we're trying to uh, not just talk about it, but, but live it out. And, and so as he's talking, he's like, Dad, I need to tell you about this. He's like, he's like I made a kid in my class saved. I said, okay, what? Yeah, Dad, I made him saved. I'm like... What do you mean by that? Well, I told him about Jesus. I said, okay, okay, good, okay, good. We'll, we'll worry about the other, like, we'll, we'll get that theological stuff figured out here, here later, and we'll, we'll, we'll work on it. And so we tried to correct a little bit and say, okay, well, it's God that does that, but, but, but give, me, give me more, buddy. What do you mean? Well, I was telling about how Jesus loves us, and how Jesus cares for us, and how he wants us, and how he dies for us. I, I tell him the Easter story. I said, oh, good, buddy, good. Well, how did that make him saved? He said, because he says he believes. He wants to believe. And I'm like, what? I mean, a nine-year-old, church, that's how simple it is. That's how easy it is. Uh, a few months ago, um, we, we, get a, we get a call from, from a close friend at the school, and um, uh, my six-year-old out on the playground, and that's always scary when, my, when I get the call from my, about my six-year-old. <laughs> like, he's like my loose can. He's my pistol, y'all. Like, he's my pistol. And, so, um, and, so, um, and, and obviously going to be my evangelist. So, he, um, so he's out on the playground with the girls, and as he's out there on the playground with the girls, he, he's, starting to, he's, ta- he's talking about the devil. Because, like, like, we've been talking about that in the car a little bit here and there. And, um, and, and he's like, Dad, what? This devil stuff. I said, yeah, buddy, what about it? Well, so he's the bad one. I said, yeah, he's the bad one. And so if you like him, then you go to that hot place. I said, yeah, buddy, that's called hell. <gasps> Dad, you can't say that word. I said, well, in that context, you can. And anyway, so yeah. So anyways, I get too much. And so I said, you're right. It's the bad Yeah, that place. So he's out on the playground, he's out on the playground, he's playing and he's talking and he's got, got there's some girls there and I'm like, um, and he's talking to him. he's like, hey, he's like, uh, so uh, Jesus, yeah, if, if, if you don't like him and love him, then you go to the bad place. That means you like Satan and you go to the bad place. And I'm like, yeah, buddy, yeah, that's, that's, we just won't give him a megaphone, but yes. But their little minds and their little hearts are starting to, starting to try to formulate and figure out and conversations happening. And, and what I see is that they see that this is important. And so if it's important, they're going to try to live it out and do it. They're going to try to tell people. They're going to try, and, and that's what love does. If we love, it's followed by an action. 
And what we know this morning as we gather to celebrate, that's why we celebrate because it's true that he loves us. Why? Because he's risen from the grave. He's defeated death. He's defeated death. That's what we celebrate. And so if you're you're doubting or if you're on the fence this morning, man, just look at what God gives as an act of love. Look at what God gives. Look at what God does as it continues on. In, in John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? This is what he gives. And, and y'all, this, this is huge. Don't miss this because this is so weighty and so heavy and more valuable than anything that all of us in this room put together, all of our stuff could ever be because God so loved the world that he gave what? His son. God gives his son. God gives Jesus his son as an act of love to rescue and redeem. That's what God gives. He gives heaven's best. He gives heaven's best. Like, like I don't know about you. Like, I don't know what you give to somebody that may need something, but you ain't giving them your, your best. No, you can't borrow that pot. Wow, I just bought it for Boothang a couple months ago. It's brand new, not even broke in yet. And I know what happens whenever you, you lend something. You usually don't get it back. Like, like, I know, like, that's really kind of like, like, like a cute little way of being a thief. Hey, can I borrow a, can you, you happen to have a, can I get a, and so I'm going to look for like, I'm going to look for like the, the, the janky one that kind of halfway works sometimes. Oh yeah, you can borrow the pan, but I mean, your food's going to be stuck on it. You need to grease that thing down real good. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you're going to fry some butter in that thing and spray a couple coats. But you got to keep as long as you need it. By giving you the good one, and what we get is the best. God gives his son as an act of love to rescue and redeem. That's what we get. So, so if you've ever wondered, if you've ever struggled, and for me, whenever that creeps into my mind because of events or because of whatever it is, I always circle back to the cross and remember of Jesus. I always circle back to the cross and reminded of the greatest gift ever given. Jesus. Mark 10.45 says it like this. It says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to do what? To give his life as a ransom for many. Y'all, Jesus was on a suicide mission. Jesus came to lay down his life voluntarily. They, They didn't take nothing. They didn't grab and take nothing. Jesus voluntarily laid it down uh, in those trials with those soldiers with those nails they they did nothing that jesus didn't voluntarily lay down and freely give and what he gave was the best of the best because hebrews 10 10 tells us that jesus is the perfect once and for all sacrifice There's no more ever needed. No other sacrifice needed. His suffices. His uh, uh, fulfills, gives all that we need. And so God gives His Son so that we can know, so that we can see, so that we can experience what real love is. This is how we know that God really loves us. This is how you can be certain this morning that God really loves us because the tomb is empty. Because the tomb is empty. Is empty. But I want to press this for just a minute this morning before we close. Is it sitting in this room this morning, knowing this reality, knowing this truth is not enough? It's not enough to gather in a room for an hour and hear and know and see 
that God loves us. That's not enough. I mean, you may walk away from here with a fuzzy feeling in your stomach. You may enjoy the day. You may got some, some sweet pics over there for the, for the wall at home. You may uh, get some donuts and that little sugar high. The music, man, the music's cool. Uh, sermon, uh, but the music's cool. And so uh, knowing God is not the end all. Just knowing about him, having head knowledge about him, having uh, uh, some statistics that you know or some things that you can say about him, that, that, that's not enough. See, 2 Corinthians 5.14, I'm going to put it on the screen for you. 2 Corinthians 5.14, it says it like this. For this love that we've talked about, this love that we've looked at, it says, for the love of Christ controls us. Some versions use this word. There was that verse, there it was. Some, some versions use this word. It uses this word, compel. For the, for the love of Christ compels us. And what this word refers to is it, it refers to pressure that causes an action. So, so that love that has been displayed, that love that has been poured out by Jesus, that love that we gather in this room and sing about and celebrate, that love demands a response. It compels us. It adds pressure to cause an action. And we're going to talk about that just a little bit more in a second. But he says, the love of Christ compels, it controls us. Why? Because we have concluded this. This is where Paul lands. This is what Paul is going to say. This is what we know. This is what we've seen. This is what we've experienced. This is where we've, we've landed. That the one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. And what Paul is saying is this, is that the old self-centered life was finished and there was now a new desire, a new purpose, a new longing. And that new desire, that new purpose, that new longing is to what? Live by faith as a response. I, I've been compelled. I've been, I've been pressed down upon pressure that's caused an action. As a result of that love, me being known and me concluding and seeing all of this, I'm going to live in a way by faith to bring honor and glory and model to this world the one that has given me that love. That's what Paul is saying. So knowledge has got to compel an action. Knowledge has got to bring about an action. An action that is required is an action to die. An action to die to self. An action to, to, to crucify the old man. That's the, the example that Christ has given is the example that he, he requires of us. That's what that love does. Yes, I lay it down. Yes, you can have it. Yes, I see myself as wicked and undone and no hope for me. Yes, I want that love. I want that love. We, we, we've got to accept and believe and take that love. Well, because that love compels. It adds pressure to. So as Franklin and, and Blake and Patrick come up to lead us here in just a moment of response, it, it's more than just knowledge that there's got to be an action there's got to be an action and this is the action that's continued in john 3 16 for god so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever what believes in him that's the action knowledge has got to lead to faith this knowing and, and, and seeing uh, Christ for who he is, if it does not lead to an act or to a step toward him in faith, then it's of no use. It's nice and it's cute. And it's a great sentiment and it's a great thought to have. But if that knowledge does not compel us to faith, it's wasted knowledge. 
So you can sit in here this morning and you can know some things about Jesus and even know why we gather in this room. But if that knowledge and that truth behind who Jesus Christ is and what he has done and what God has given for us doesn't compel us into relationship through faith, what's it doing? And so today we celebrate who Jesus is, the Son of God. The Son of God, y'all. Heaven's best, who was born of a virgin, lived a perfect sinless life, tortured, crucified, buried, dead. Like he just wasn't injured and just kind of wasn't out of it for a few days. Like he was dead three days to do what? To make a payment that we can't pay. And in his death, he defeats hell, sin, and the grave. That's what he does. And today we celebrate that he is risen and he is alive. That he is risen and that he is alive. And he has satisfied, satisfied the just wrath of a holy God. That's what he has done. He has paid a payment that we cannot pay. And in doing that, he makes a way. That love makes a way by faith for those who believe. That's what it does. So the pressure this morning is this. God's love for us in the person of Jesus should cause some sort of pressure that brings about an action. And the only right, good action that accompanies that pressure is saving faith. That's what his love should do. That, that's what should happen. That, that's what needs to take place. I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, but I know how I respond in like, confrontation or if you like you get a little amped up or you try to come at me like I know how I respond but but this is how God responds he has every right to come at us in a condemning judgment away and what we celebrate today is that he sets that aside and he comes at us with this radical act of love And what does that love do? It compels. That love invites in us in the condition that we're in, apart from God, sinful and wicked. Genesis 3, three weeks ago. This right here, three weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Just to illustrate what God can do for us, in us, to us is this right here, man. You you take that now, y'all, like I'm telling you. That nasty, blotted up, like like you saw what I did to it. That's each of us in this room. That's what we do to the nice, perfect white white canvas. That's, That's what we do. But what God does is this. He takes the janky, broken, jacked up, and he throws some love at it in the person of Jesus, and he makes something out of it. I mean, he makes a he makes a portrait of it that's actually worth something, that looks like something. That's what the love of God does. And I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what God's doing in your heart. I don't know, I don't know how you've, you've, you've got to this place, but, but I'm telling you right now, God knew you were going to be here this morning. God knew that you would, you would walk through those doors and that you would get here, and if it's for, for whatever reason, it was because he wanted to let you know this morning that he really does love you, that, that he really does care for you.
That He really does want you to be His child. And He wants to do in you what you can't do for yourself. And that's establish a relationship with Him. That's what He wants to do. So the pressure that God adds is because of that love, there's, there's got to be an action. And, and there's going to be an action, whether, whether you realize it or not. Every, every one of us in this room is going to take a step either toward faith or away from faith when this is over. And, and so I want to raise the stakes a little bit. It's going to get uncomfortable. It's going to be maybe weird, maybe not. But, but you need to know something about the people in this room who, are, who have experienced that love of God and who knows of this love of God that I'm talking about. You need to know something about them. Though we're in process, we want more in process with us. That's what we want. That's what we long for. And I know we don't do a great job of showing it all the time. Man, like I said, we in process, God's working. But what I do know is this, is that if God's working in your heart this morning, and he's added that pressure, and he made you aware of your condition of being in the world and being lost, I don't care how much you know. If you haven't come to faith in him, that knowledge is worthless without faith. And what I know about the men and women in this room who have experienced and tasted and walk in that faith, that love that's been, been, been handed out freely, is that they want to celebrate like crazy someone else finding that love and knowing of that and believing in that love. So, so where, where I want to raise the stakes for a moment is this. I don't know where you're at. I don't know. And we do, we do altar call stuff and we play music and we're going to sing and we're going to celebrate here in a few minutes uh, one more time. But I want to add some pressure. Because the thing is this, you're here this morning, and God knew that you would be here. And God knew that you needed to hear this. God knew that I needed to hear this this week. That I needed to be reminded of how much he loves me. That you needed to hear this. That you needed to maybe for the first time in your entire life hear this. Maybe for the first time in your entire life, this verse has taken on a different meaning. This word love uh, has taken on a different meaning. You'll never look at it again, and I'll think, that, man, that guy doesn't like ankle socks. But my hope and my prayer is that whenever you think of that word love, you will understand it as it's connected to the heart of God uh, as he gives his son the greatest act of love this world has ever seen and known. And he knew that you'd be here. And he knew that you'd hear it. And he knew that you knew it. And so where I want to raise the stakes a little bit and add some pressure is this. I want to ask you the question, where are you at? Where are you at this morning? What response are you going to take? Are you going to make? Pressure's been added. What's it going to compel you to do? Walk out of this place, not believing and receiving that love? Or saying, yes, I want it. I need it. Because in Him, we are made perfect before God. And so where the pressure is going to come is this, is, is in this moment, I just want to take a second as Franklin plays, before we, before we sing and respond and stand here in a moment and worship. If you're sitting in this room this morning, like, yes, I feel like God is tugging and pulling. I want to ask you in the stillness of this moment with people who want to celebrate like crazy, God bringing someone from death to life, if you would stand. If you say, yes, I, I want to put my faith and trust in this, in him. Portia, yes. Say, no, stay standing for a second. Stay with me. That's right. That's it, brother. Yep. 
That's it. That's the best kind of pressure. Y'all, stay, stay stand for a second. That's the best kind of pressure you can get. The best response to that is there. Any, anybody else in the stillness of this moment, Franklin Place, says, yes, I need Jesus as my Savior. And for the first time, I've heard of what that love looks like and what that means. Anybody else in the stillness of this moment? Notice no heads bowed, no eyes closed. Bowed, because if you can't stand for Jesus in a room of people that love you and want to celebrate like that, you'll never stand for him in a world that hates you and despises you. Anybody else just in the stillness of this moment say, I want Jesus as my Savior? Did you right here? Ah, it's Christina. Yes, girl. Yes. That's what Easter's about, y'all. That's it. That love compels, it draws, it adds pressure in the places that it needs to. I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. Hear me. I'm going to see y'all out in the lobby in a few minutes, okay? I'm going to be out there. Me and Austin, Austin, you're going to, we're going to be out there in the lobby here in a few minutes, and we're going to talk to you and just love on you and just, just, just talk to you for a second. Nothing weird, I promise. And just celebrate what God's done in your heart this morning. And so I'm going to pray for us. Franklin and these guys are going to lead us in a time of response. And then we're going to bring, we're going to bring the band up, and we're going to celebrate like crazy what God has done in this place. Nope. It, that's what happened right there to this right here that right there masterpiece of what God's done Father we thank you so so much for your love for us thank you so so much God thank you for those who this morning in this place stood and said yes God you've added you've applied that pressure and I want to respond in a way God thank you so much for that love thank you for that reminder of how much you really love us how much you really care for us Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you. God, move. God, it's not over. God, the response can still be had. So any heart in this place this morning that's maybe on the fence, God, I pray as we sing this song, God, that you would open and that you would apply that pressure, Father, and that they would step out in faith believing. So Jesus, thank you for what today stands for means. We love you. We need you. In your name we pray. Amen.